Hello everybody and welcome to the Talking City podcast brought to you by the Manchester Evening News. I know your eyes and ears don't deceive you. We are back after quite a hiatus. Um, we're sorry for being away for so long, but a new season, a fresh start and we are here um, to bring you know, to discuss all the goings on and what has been a busy, busy summer. My name is Daniel Murphy and joining me today is Mr Joe Bray. Joe, how's it going? Not too bad, Dan. It's been a while. It certainly has. It certainly has. And also with me today is Mr Simon Bukowski. Si. How are they? Yeah, yeah, very good. Why were we away for so long? I can't remember. I don't now. know. I don't know. It just got lost in the shuffle, as as things tend to do. But we're back. We're stronger than ever. We've got a groovy little intro, and I'm feeling pumped up. I can't wait to get talking about all this football stuff because football is coming back. City, for some reason, are coming back later than everyone else. They won't be in action until next week when they finally embark on their pre-season tour to America. But before then. Si, there's been plenty going on. It's been a busy old transfer window. In fact, there's been changes all over the show with new coaches coming in and coaches leaving and whatnot. But we'll try and keep focus on the players because we've already got a lot to talk about. Um, so far this summer, we've already had signed, of course, Mr Erling Haaland, Calvin Phillips, Julian Alvarez and uh, reserve goalkeeper Stefan Ortega Moreno. And a possible incoming in the future, maybe in a... Manuel Cucurella, but we're still up in the air on that one. And the outgoings, Zach Steffen has departed from Middlesbrough on loan and um, more kind of substantial is the departure of Fernandinho on a free agent um, going back to his native Brazil. Gabriel Jesus leaving for Arsenal. And just as of about 20 minutes ago, Raheem Sterling confirming his move to Chelsea and Nathan Ake may well follow him in the coming weeks. Sai, before we kind of delve into individual players and what they'll bring and how good a signings they are, is City's squad stronger as it is now than as it was when they won the league last season? It, it's certainly a departure from, from recent seasons. and We've become used to City just kind of adding one or two maybe major additions um, and playing with pretty much the same group that they've had that has brought them success. But this summer, they've changed the forward line. They've brought in two. Two have gone. Um, midfielder Fernandinho's departed and Phillips has has come in um, defence. There they could well be changes if City get the way. There will be changes to that. Goalkeeper, there's changes. Backroom staff, there's changes. So, you know, compared to last season or last summer, for instance, when, you know, we were waiting all summer to see if the Harry Kane deal would get over the line and it didn't. Um, it, it's been a, a, real, a real departure from that. City will be delighted. They've got so much business done early and so much good business like everyone wanted to sign Erling Haaland and he's at Man City they've got Fernandinho's replacement sorted Julian Alvarez they signed in January obviously but they made the decision that he'll be with them next season um and yeah I mean Guardiola said before they played the Champions League final last not last season the season before against Chelsea that you kind of need to shake the shake the squad up a bit um if you want to keep having success and and you can't argue that's exactly what they've done this summer yeah, absolutely not. I think um, it's the, the I think the sales of Sterling and Jesus are probably more telling than the signings themselves because both were good players, great players for City, and we'll, you know we'll talk about how they'll remember soon. And City could easily have gone into the next season with them and still been kind of very strong, very well, might have won the league again. But I think, and I wrote a couple of weeks ago, it's like it's kind of a lesson that United have forgotten, and it's what Sir Alex Ferguson used to do so well is that when his teams were kind of at the peak of their powers, um, he would rip them up and so new ones could come in. You know, he'd, he'd take up the, he'd cut the, 
branches off so another flower could grow. You know, he was seen as um, a, a, a maniac when he sold Ince and Sharp and Kinchelskis within a year in the mid-90s. And all that was to allow Beckham, Giggs and Scholes to come through in his place. You know, the rest is history in that point. Now, I'm not saying... Guardiola studied Ferguson to the absolute death and knows what to do. But it's kind of, I think it's that ruthlessness, Joe, that that kind of knowing when the right time is to kind of freshen things up and bring in fresh faces that keeps that hunger within the squad going. Because Sterling and Jesus, apart from the Champions League, obviously when they've got as close as they could have done, they've done everything they can at City. They're not guaranteed starters um, anymore, but they've brought in two players in the attacking areas who... Haaland will be a starter, obviously, and Alvarez may well be pushing for it. But they brought players in who will be eager for that success that Sterling and Jesus have already tasted plenty of times. Yeah, it's it's a tricky one because they were two very liked players, very good players. They had the place in the squad and if they'd carried on, like you said, they would have probably scored a lot of goals and brought a lot of success next season. But you can see from their point of view that the game time was going to be limited further by... Alvarez and Haaland coming in, you can see at the point of the careers that they are at why they would want to go go elsewhere and, and try and prove that they can be starting every week and being the main man rather than sort of one of many sort of very good players. So I, I understand it from sort of all parties really, but I think City will, I don't, I don't know, I think the fans might sort of be a little bit upset to see them go. They've been very good servants. You can't accuse either departing player of not putting effort in. And I think that's all you need, all you want as a as a supporter with with players, especially when they're on so much money like they are at City. You, you can't fault the effort of either of them at all. But like you say, every team, and we've seen it not just United in, in the past, it's every big team has to refresh every few years. And, and it's that sort of, Thing sort of the revitalizing a, a team that will keep them going and sort of stop any complacency from from creeping in. City have done it in the past. Guardiola did it when he came in. He, he really did sort of shake up what was a bit of an aging team and and redo it. And I suppose this is his first probably major rebuild because we've had what two or three years of one or two signings in and out a year. This is going to be four or five in, four or five out, which is quite significant. He's not done that since his first couple of years. Um, so I think he's, it's going to be a bit of a different season in that respect. But when you look at the signings that they have brought in, Haaland shouldn't take much time at all to bed in. You, you look at other players who have taken a year or so to, to get used to it. Even if Haaland doesn't click straight away with the system, he's still going to score goals because he's that good a player. I think Alvarez, he's because he's been playing since February, he will be fit and ready to go. So he might be a sort of secret weapon, if you like, for the sort of opening stages of the season. Uh, Calvin Phillips might be one who does need a bit of time, but again, is a good player if he can keep himself fit and be a good backup to Rodri. I, th I think the signings have been very clever. And the fact that City have, I've said this before, that they're going to lose the number nine and the number seven and emerge stronger from it says a lot about the the planning and the, and the players that they brought in and they're looking to do it at sort of a, a net zero cost, which I know is a, a touchy subject on Twitter, isn't it? But uh, it's it's pretty impressive that they can do that and sell so many players, but buy buy very good replacements. Yeah, it's certainly impressive business. How they, I should say, pretty much spent what they've earned from their sales to get you know so many quality players in. But sorry, I must say, I was a bit surprised that both Sterling and Jesus have gone in kind of one summer. They are both kind of two versatile forwards that. You know, Pep likes to rotate quite often. 
Um, and Jesus Sterling both could play anywhere across that front three. And, you know, I think both got into double figures in goals last season. So it's a significant portion of goals that are going. Now, I'm guessing he's hoping that Haaland kind of mops all those up, which might be a kind of a departure to his usual philosophy of, you know, I think how many players this City have to get double figures last season? It must have been around seven or so with all the midfielders. To, maybe that's a risk and relying all on Haaland. But what I do think, you know, that when we go and talk about these individuals, we'll talk about who signed first. And that was Alvarez. I do think it's kind of put in a tiny bit of pressure on Alvarez to be immediately coming. As Joe said, he's played to a great, um, a very high standard in Argentina. He's been playing until February. So he's he's fit and kind of, sorry, from Feb, since February. So he's fit and ready to come in. But it kind of, it's a big jump, obviously, from South America to the Premier League. And I think it's kind of putting a bit of pressure on Alvarez to kind of, maybe even more than Haaland in terms of how much weight's on his shoulders. I think Alvarez is the one who kind of needs to get up and running pretty soon to fill in the versatile forward sort of thing. Because if the front three, you're going to guess, it's probably Foden and Mares on the flanks. But when you get them changes or something off the bench, it's going to be Alvarez now. He's not going to have Jesus or Sterling to call on to change things off off the bench and you know playing the Carabao Cup games and whatnot. So I think, A, I think we're going to see a lot more than Alvarez early on than we actually expected. And it's, it, there might be a little bit of pressure on him to actually kind of deliver straight out the gate for someone so young. Yeah, I think... Sterling is the the bigger miss for City or will be just because he's kind of that the only one in the attack who can sort of you know run run at players take them on um you know we saw for like the first goal against Aston Villa on the final day it was Sterling that made made the difference like Jesus obviously very good at pressing but you've got the likes of Foden that can do that as well um so Sterling's going to be the miss. Um, Alvarez is just a really interesting one to watch, I think. Um, he was signed in January. Very low expectations, really, from, from the City end. It was kind of, you know, we're signing a player for the future. Wasn't clear whether he'd be here for this coming season. Now, from South America, it's like, this guy is a superstar. Um, we were, me and Joe were at uh, the stadium last week for the the unveiling and the press conferences and you know Alvarez not only did he speak like a first team player and sound like a major player but you know his entourage and all the media interest in him you know there's a load of Norwegian correspondents coming over to to cover Haaland but you've got South Americans coming over to cover Alvarez and you know this this guy's an Argentina international he's playing in the same team as as Lionel Messi so yeah it's it's a big step up from from where he's been at River to to come in to Man City in the Premier League, but you know the if we kind of try and dampen the expectations on him, the the, the sky high um, elsewhere. So I mean, it's not clear yet whether a City going to move and try and get somebody else in because um, obviously they've got this hundred million from uh, Jesus and Sterling. Whether that might be. An option, I'm sure, if an opportunity presents itself, you know, it'd be it'd be tempting. Um, they have got Cole Palmer, who uh, very promising, but has spent a lot of time injured. But Alvarez, yeah, like you say, pressure on him, but at the same time, he's a bit of an unknown quantity, and lots of expectation will be on Haaland, and Alvarez might benefit from that. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I think you know, it's think it's telling that he's already been given the number nineteen, kind of quite a prominent number. He's clearly going to be involved heavily in kind of Pep Guardiola's plans. Um, I think, Joe, you know, you were at the veiling, as I said, he mentioned playing 
out wide, so it's clear. Well, it's obvious he's not going to be playing the middle man if Haaland stays fit. We'll talk about in a minute, but Haaland not the most kind of injury-free um, over the last couple of years either. But Alvarez already kind of opened himself up to playing that wide role, and I think it's definitely going to be his, you know, his main position for the uh, the first few months at least. Yeah, well, he was obviously asked about that, and he said the right things, which was, "I will play wherever I'm asked to. I'll do the best for the team." Um, what you know, what we expect from from a player and size, right? That he, he did sound like a first team player. He, was, he knew what to say at the right times, but he also said that he would prefer to play through the middle. He saw himself as a striker because when you play through the middle, you're closer to the goal and you get more goals and assists. So I think if you gave him the choice, he would be playing through the middle, but it might help him that he won't be doing that all the time because Erling Haaland's there. I think he might be fit for the first bit of the season, but by the end of the year, if he plays for Argentina in the World Cup as well, I think I calculated in the space of a year or 18 months, he could play 100-odd games. And it's that's not going to be very sustainable for for anyone really. So I think at some point he will need a rest taking out the firing line. But that that could help him as well if you know if he can have a bit of time just to relax, learn learn the Pep Guardiola way, let Erling Haaland do his thing. We'll see. Probably some other attackers try and compete for those spaces as well. So yeah, I think maybe maybe sort of autumn time he might need a little bit of a rest maybe after the World Cup I'm not sure but um, I think from what we've seen of him just the goals he scored since he signed for City he scores every type of goal he scores goals that Sergio Aguero has made a career of he scored tap-ins he scored long-range goals I think he's got a pretty good assist record as well or creating big chances so I, I, I can see him being quite fitting into City system really um, it's just how he's managed is the one worry I would have given those games that he's played. But when that was put to him on, on Sunday, he said, I've played games before. I've had seasons that I've gone into without a rest before and it's not been a problem. So he didn't seem too phased by that. He was quite confident. And uh, I think, yeah, if, if he thinks that, then maybe we should listen to him and, and not me. Um, do you think, as I suggested there, that City could move for another kind of wide forward to bolster those attacking numbers? I think it's probably the area where they've gone from having so met too many options really to maybe one or two shy. If, if you think that the strongest team is probably Mahrez on the right, Foden on the left. In terms of backup, you've then got Jack Grealish and Cole Palmer. Maybe Bernardo can can move out wide. Maybe Alvarez. But compared to last season, that's probably one one player short of the options that that Guardiola had. Given like obviously there are now two central attackers which they didn't have last season, um, so yeah, I think if if one came up, it would probably be there's probably a space for one. But equally, City have got so many good players, so many versatile players. I think if you off, if you offered them the squad that they've got now to go into the season, I don't think that there'd be many complaints. No, nah, no, nah, I don't think so at all. You know, Alvarez a cheeky six point five million on fantasy football. I tell you, that could be a wee little <laughs> dark horse. That mate could be cheeky. That, but you know, the main man who literally I think seventy percent of football managers do have in their team is of course Erling Haaland. Now, Sai, you um you were fortunate enough to have a, a little sit down with him um yesterday for an interview. Now we won't um you know we're not going to delve into anything that he said because you have to read that um, either tomorrow or in the coming week whenever it's published. So you're not getting that for free, dear listeners. But Sai, kind of what was the impression you got of um, you know, the star man who who's like kind of the first world megastar, the the player on the verge of if not already being the best in the world, 
to actually come to the Premier League at the, the peak or at least approaching the precipice of his powers. It's, it's a massive move. I think it's not going under the radar or anything, but I don't think it's kind of been hyped up quite enough, maybe because it was done so swiftly and efficiently by City. Yeah, I, I think he's City's biggest signing since since Guardiola and he's probably happier in the spotlight than Guardiola is. I mean, it, it's an exciting player to watch in the Premier League. Young, um, You know, uh, we were at West Ham for the, the last away game of the season when Mark Noble was retiring and he was telling his teammates that, you know, you're going to have to mark this fellow while I'm on the beach. We've seen Chelsea keeper Mendy this week talking about how everyone wants to stop him, everyone wants to play against him uh, and all the City players want to play with him. Um, for me, these last few days, what has sort of been not surprising but kind of not what you maybe expect fully is just how confident he is as a talker. I mean, he was the main event at, at Man City signing day on Sunday um, and he was full of confidence and happy to talk about everything he was happy to talk about, but equally adept at sidestepping any questions that he really didn't. Um, and then, yeah, this week when I got to speak to him, he was just brilliant, really engaging, uh, smart, intelligent, you know, confident. It, you know, he's he's here at City to to learn from, from Guardiola um, and to develop his game. And, you know, he thinks he's still, still got a lot to develop and a lot to grow. Um, as a player, and he he can't wait to get stuck in now. Preseason started, so it's going to be, you know, yeah. If I wasn't already looking forward to to watching him every week, now even more so. Yeah, absolutely. He seems like um, a funny character, and I can't wait to see he, a read that interview and b see see the antics he gets up to throughout the season. I I can't wait for Jeff Shreves to get some short shrift with him. I will tell you that for free. That'll be fun. Um, but what I do want to know, like, like with Haaland now, I, I don't actually think this myself, but to kind of play devil's advocate, is there any worry he might not live up to this expectation? As I mentioned a little bit ago, he, he's a bit injury-prone, a little bit already. He's only 20, 21, but he's spent, uh, over the last couple of years at Dortmund, he has missed decent chunks of both his seasons. Now, he's still obviously scored 82 goals in 86 games or whatever ridiculous stat it is, so he certainly makes up for it. But there's that, you know... Premier League being a bit more, I don't want to be one of those who say it, but the Bundesliga tax sort of thing. We've seen a lot of players come from the Bundesliga in recent years and struggled um, to kind of adapt to a bit more deeper defense, a bit more deeper in physical defending. You know, Jen Sancho, Timo Werner, um, Kai Havertz to a little bit of an extent have all kind of struggled to get, um, you know, the feet running straight away and certainly don't get afforded the same defensive freedom. Is there any any hope that and, and as we've seen, you know, Joe mentioned there, it does take City attackers historically under Guardiola, and as we see with Grealish last year, for example, and Mares and Bernardo, it usually takes City's attackers a year or so to kind of get accustomed to what Guardiola wants for them. So is is there any is there any kind of fear that he might not quite be the sensation we know he is right out the gate? Oh, is that just I don't know, am I just filling air? <laughs> filling air. <laughs> no think, messing. Th think of think of how many times last season City got the ball in the box and had no one to finish it off or no one mm -hmm. in the right place. Think of how many times City got the ball in their own half, were looking to break and didn't have that fast player up front who Kevin De Bruyne could just slot the ball through to run in on the keeper and score. Like you know, they will miss something from Sterling and Jesus going, but they've got a new guy who scores 
so many goals all of the time. Um, you know, City wouldn't have bought him if they were seriously bothered about his injuries. Um, you know, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it'll be a complete flop. But everything points towards him continuing this incredible goal-to-game ratio uh, yeah. at City. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, you know, I'm not saying he wouldn't be able to score a few past Bournemouth. Let's let's be clear there. I'm just just playing devil's advocate because we need we need some friction, don't we, on this return of talking City? And and Joe, you know, I agree. I think he's going to absolutely smash it. The, I think the injury thing could be interesting. You know, the Premier League's a bit more physically imposing. Does he get a few knocks? But you know, time will tell on that front. But what I want to know, Joe, is you know, City haven't played really uh, last year, especially with an out and out striker. It's been, you know, Foden dropping deeper, De Bruyne dropping deeper, Sterling, or oh Jesus. How will kind of Haaland change City's game next year? Because it and will Haaland change his own game? So I remember when Aguero, when Guardiola first came in, it looked like Aguero was kind of on his way out for a year, and it took Aguero to really change his game to really add that pressing side and that intelligent build-up play to his game for him to go on to thrive for another four seasons or three seasons, whatever it was. And, you know, that was really impressive on Aguero's side of things. As I said, Haaland's open and, you know, knows he needs to get even better somehow. And, he's, you know, he's clearly open to learn and to do different things. But is it going to be kind of a bit of a meet in the middle for both, you know, Guardiola and Haaland to get the best out of each other? Possibly, yeah. And I think, I'm not sure whether it was Guardiola who said it or, or Haaland, that it will have to be Haaland who adapts to City rather than the other way around. But like I said, the... His, his movement in the six-yard box. You see some of his goals to Dortmund and the ones where he just makes that little sidestep just to create the space is probably as important as the ones where he's run 30 yards and smashed it past the keeper because that's what City have lacked for so long. Um, and I think he, he is a player as well who can learn those positional traits to sort of come back and link up play and, and maybe drop deep and let someone else, you know, run past him, which would it's, it's sort of a, a prospect that, is even scarier if you've, you know, lined up to to protect yourself against Erling Haaland running on the shoulder of the defender, and then he doesn't do that, and he does something completely different. Um, so, I, I mean, you look at him from all we've seen of him so far is that he's a very intelligent footballer, as well as sort of this powerhouse and this really good finisher. I, th- I think he will be able to do that, um, and you would think if City sort of do that slowly and develop that at the same time as just letting him play. He spoke multiple times in that press conference about having fun and just relaxing and he's got he's at his best and he scores goals when he's having fun so I think that's going to be the key just to let him settle in let him get used to City and then drip feed those those tactical things into him and yeah maybe he can become that all-round striker that that he isn't at the moment but very much can be and on the injury point that that you're mentioning he's going to be playing less because at Dortmund he was playing every single game he was their main man in all all the games. If he does, if there's a big game coming up in the Champions League or in the league, City have the resources to drop him to the bench. Now I'm not sure how he'd take that because he, he seems like a, a big a bit a big uh, personality. But every player has to do that at City. Even Kevin De Bruyne will drop to the bench at times to be rested. So I'd imagine that would help on the injury front as well. Yeah, absolutely. They say you all make good points, and I cannot wait to see him absolutely smash centre backs into dust because <laughs> I think that's I do think that's what we're destined for. And then you know, City's you know other outfield signing, other summer side, um, the final one for now. Hopefully, there'll be more to come, more to discuss. But Calvin Phillips coming from Leeds, around a forty million or so, forty-three million or so transfer. As you said earlier, Fernandinho's replacement. Now, to me, I think this is a re- again as it 
to a bit more of an extent than with Haaland. It depends on his injury, kind of if he can keep fit, his injury record. He missed a massive chunk of last season, and you know, was probably that was probably the main reason why Leeds went down and why Bielsa got sacked because he was so integral to that side. But I think if he can stay fit, it's a really canny signing because. You've got him on cheap. You've stopped United from getting him, um, who wanted him and would have strengthened their midfield considerably as well. And he's the player who I think goes in, obviously wanting to play every game, and that's every elite sportsman has the ambition to do so. But I think maybe in the back of his head will accept that Rodri is the main man and it'll be up to him to kind of dislodge Rodri first rather than going straight into the side. Well, I think you need to apologise to Leeds fans. You've just relegated them. <laughs> Oh my god, my apologies, they did stay up. Wow, well, that's my that's the first mistake, and that's as we're live, it can't be edited out. But they'll be fuming. You've got to take the yellow move on. I don't think anyone will be listening to this, so I think I'm safe. I think I'm safe, but maybe it was just um, a premonition of the future. So maybe be wary, be wary, be wary. (laughs) They nearly Um, went down without Phillips, and it was more, yeah, it's mostly because Phillips wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it was sort of one serious injury for for Phillips, and you, you never like them, but it's um, they they are part of the game. And again, City have done their their homework on him. Um, yeah, it, it seems like a smart signing for for that money. I mean, Phillips has sort of established himself in the Premier League at Leeds, but also alongside Declan Rice in the England team. Declan Rice is obviously a fantastic player as well. But if it's a choice between Phillips at 45 or Rice at, say, 145, it's uh, it's not really a a debate there to be had. Um, you know, he, he's been sold on the idea of, you know, come and challenge Rodri for a first-team place and get the games that he doesn't play. But also, you know, people you speak to at Leeds say he's very versatile and there's no reason he can't push up as an, an A. I think he did play a bit more forward before Bielsa came in and told him, no, you're a six. Um so, you know, there's no reason why I can't get games going further forward. And also, what we haven't really spoken about, but, um, you know, we don't know whether City will play in the same formation as they always have done this season, you know, especially with having two number nines when they had none previously. You know, maybe they'll go three five two or something or surprise us all. But but Phillips is, you know, a, an established Premier League and England international who Pep will love to work to, who wants to improve his game and can play in more than one position. So, you know, he, he ticks every box for for City looking to to strengthen this summer. And, you know, he won't bring the the leadership that Fernandinho brought. And I think that's an important loss for City. Um, but, you know, they had to move on when company left. They had to move on when David Silva left. And I think um, Phillips coming in to replace Fernandinho is probably... City managing things better than they did when when Company or Silver left. I can only thank you, Sai, for spoiling topics in future podcasts where we don't have quite as many um, <laughs> transfers to talk about. But that is honestly City's formation is very interesting. We will definitely come back to that in future episodes. But for now, Joe, I think what Sai mentioned there about Phillips's versatility is very a good point because he didn't play. The, you know. Phillips burst onto the scene, really, um, a Euro 2020 for England. Um, in this, the first game, um, everyone knew who he was, but no one was happy that he was in the um, England starting 11. I, I count myself among them um, 
ignorant people. And he, in the first match, he showed exactly why. Not only has he got there in the defensive prowess, but his passing game is a lot more um, kind of established and quality than I think many people may have realised, again, me included. Um, he got the assist for Sterling in that, um, that first game. And it's just, I, I agree with Sai. I could see, I could envisage a world where Phillips might not actually be Rodri's replacement. He could be Gundogan's eventual replacement where he plays in that eight role, a bit more dynamic, kind of helping out defensively, but can get on the ball. And I, I don't think he's the greatest goal scorer if um, memory serves. I don't think he gets as many as Gundogan does, of course. But he certainly has that sort of um, acute passing range and can spot a nice through ball when the, and the options are going to be a lot more available to him than they were at Leeds. That's it. Yeah, I'm, I'm another one who's been guilty of doubting him and every time he sort of proves you wrong, I was thinking, why, why have they got this Leeds player in, in the England squad? And then it was, why is he starting all the games? And even in the final, I was thinking, come on, is, are there any better options? And every single time he's he's done really well. And um, so when I'm reacting to this transfer to City and I'm thinking, oh, I don't know, is he, is he the right sort of player for City? That should probably tell me that he is because every time he's he's had that step up, he's shown that, he is capable and he, he has got those skills and he can play alongside good players at the same time. He's played under Marcelo Bielsa, who Pep Guardiola always says has been a big influence in his career. I think he has all the attributes to to be a good squad player for City. But then if he continues his, his sort of rise and his, his attitude that he's shown for Leeds in England, then he, he can have that possibility of playing more games and, and becoming a more key player in the future. They've given him no, the number four shirt. They've given him a six-year contract, is it? The, he's the only player at the moment contracted till 2028. I think that shows that City are quite keen to have him there for the long term. Um, you know, talk about leadership before, maybe in the future he has those sort of possible leadership qualities while he's when he's got himself embedded in that dressing room I think it is a signing that makes sense it's good value it um it's you know it's another England player they're losing one from uh with Raheem Sterling keeping another sort of English face that knows the Premier League knows sort of the culture can help new signings come in with that I think that's always important um signing a player from a Premier League rival always helps as well because you know if if it's a, a difference between getting four points or six points off Leeds this season, it, it might be something that settles the title. It's, it's sort of those marginal gains that is, is always something that City have been really good at. I, I think on balance, it's a safe signing. It's one with a lot of potential. I don't think he'll be playing that much at the start of the season, but he does have a World Cup place to fight, fight for. So I'd expect it to be sort of a, a quietly... It, one of those signings that you will look back in a few years' time and say, do you know what, that was really good value that I, I, I can see maybe not an explosive one from the start, but we'll look back in a few years and think that was a really good purchase. Yeah, absolutely. And as we've said, it's been a great sum of incomings for City. And no, no I know, Stefan Ortega has come in in kind of a straight swap um, with Zach Stefan heading out on loan. Um, I've never seen Stefan Ortega Moreno play, so I can't offer much <laughs> on that front. I'd, I'd be surprised if any of you can, but, um, you know, he as well talked um, a big game in the unveiling. Um which I'd like to kind of kind of touch on now. So you you know you were both there. It seemed I remember going to Grealish's last year, and that that was pretty lively, and that was just for the one signing. So with Haaland there, you know Phillips unfortunately couldn't make it as he was ill, but with Haaland there and as well as Alvarez and Ortega, um, it seemed like a, like a great atmosphere and a, a lot of optimism as, at City, um, as you'd expect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a nice day, um, helped by the sunshine. 
Um, and you know, it's still kind of a party atmosphere at City because they're still enjoying having having won the league again and having signed Erling Haaland, really, um, as well as the others. But yeah, I mean, everyone's probably seen the same YouTube compilation of of Ortega from last season and thinks he's really good. Um, I'm pretty sure I remember watching a, a similar one with Zach Steffen. So remains to be seen kind of how Ortega deals with not playing a game. I don't think, I think there's only one League Cup game between now and the World Cup. So um, he won't have much to, much to do unless um, Edison gets injured. But, you know, it's, it's proactive from City to say, you know, Stefan obviously wants games ahead of the World Cup and they've not just brought in a stopgap, they brought in someone who, you know, wants to be here for for the foreseeable future and make the number two shirt his own and, and challenge Edison. So, um, you know, a, again, goalkeepers are, even if they're not playing, they have to be part of the squad and part of the dressing room. And City have obviously got Scott Carson, who who does that so well. But from what we've seen from Ortega so far, he... Um, he, he's a character as well, and he will, you know, add to the what is already a, a very good dressing room at City. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And what was your kind of impression from the unveiling, Joe? Again, just a lot of positivity. I think the the sort of the mood of those three signings was sort of very positive, exactly what you'd want. Um, realistic as well. Ortega said he's not looking for a World Cup place because of the changes in coaches and the sort of acceptance that he's not going to play a lot of games. Alvarez was, again, pretty... Um, he downplayed, I thought, his potential partnership with Erling Haaland, so he didn't just give the stock answers. All, all three of them were sort of quite assured with the position that they've come in to, to fulfil for City. Um, yeah, I think it was... It's, I mean, it's always good to hear from new signings of sort of their their aims and ambitions and uh, and see what, see what they say. I, I thought, I mean... Everyone was asking, you know, both the strikers, how many goals do you want? Have you got any ambitions? And they sort of played those off and as they would. But um, no, I think it was a, a good event. It, it's, it helps them sort of gel with the uh, with the fans as well. So, uh, yeah, more of them to come. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, now we'll move on to kind of the outgoings. Um, you know, Fernandinho has been well documented. He's left on his own accord, gone back to his native Brazil. Um, I have no doubt we'll probably see him um, back in Manchester one day in some row with City. I don't think he's... Uh, Affiliation with the club is done by any stretch, and you know what a servant, been well documented. What a player for City, a big loss on the leadership front, as I said, and, and as Will Sterling, I think he's, actually, I think he was um, kind of demoted from the the, the uh, captaincy top five group thing last season, but he's always been a senior player at City, one who, one who, um, you know, when he joined City in 2015, it was amid controversy, 50 million, why they spending so much on him and. He was only 20 at the time and was more of a, you know, myriad of controversies and, and, you know, completely, most of them completely unjustified at all. And to see him kind of mature from that kid's side to the leader he is, not even, not even, not only on the pitch, but, you know, on kind of social matters off the pitch, I, you know, it's been a, you know, a real joy watching Sterling blossom into the player. He's become such an icon for England. And I think, but we, how will he kind of remember this city? I don't think he's going to be like in the silver company bracket because he wasn't one of the kind of the OGs who put City on the path, um, you know, to the to the stat, you know, the the great quality they are today. But he surely goes down as one of City's greats of all time, I'd wager, because he's just been incredible and he's this, the goal returns he's had 
I think is it he's I think only about four players have scored more Premier League goals than him in the last three or four seasons, I think. And they're like Salah, um, Son Kane, I wanna say. So he's been brilliant, even if it kind of ended in a bit of a damp squib when he kind of lost his place in Guardiola's strongest eleven. Yeah, although you know he went out on the final day, masterminding the uh, the comeback, so he, he did have a final flourish. Yeah, I I um I sort of just put it out on Twitter when he was leaving, and um I sort of thought the best response was like he won't get a statue, but he'll get a mosaic for that sort of tier of of legends like kind of Fernandinho, Joe Hart, Yaya Torre that have all been integral to recent success. I don't think anyone's played more under Guardiola than he has. Um, there's only Aguero and Messi who've also got 100 goals under Guardiola. So he's been huge. And, and with him and Jesus, it's you've got to admire the fact that they could have stayed at City and, you know, played 20, 30 games next season and, you know, had more chance of winning a league title and other trophies. But they've decided to go elsewhere to to try and be more of a major part of, of another team. And, yeah, he, he will leave... Um, loved at City really he was a player who frustrated people and his finishing and some people can't get over that miss against Leon in the Champions League but uh, ultimately after all the acrimony surrounding his, his transfer from Liverpool you know from the start City fans took to him um, from the start you know we had Raheem Sterling he's top of the league sung out um, from from the crowd and especially away days you know giving him their their full full support and I, and I think he can leave you know saying that that city's been a really good home for him for for years and you know it's not in doubt that fernandinho will return to the club i won't be surprised if raheem did at some point as well but for now he's got other other challenges to go and it'd be interesting to see how he goes at chelsea yeah well i'm really looking forward to seeing him getting back into it you'd imagine he'd be a regular starter at chelsea and i'm, I'm really excited to see what he can do on a regular basis again because it was as I said there, Joe, towards the end, Foden came through and kind of took the left spot, made that his own. Mares really continued to pull him on the right, um, and which isn't Sterling's best position anyway. So which kind of left Sterling to play either back up left or occasionally in the middle, which was never his strongest position towards the end. Um, so it's going. I'm quite excited to see him back to his best, and from an England perspective, especially before the World Cup, because if you're considering how well he did at Euro 2020 after um, you know becoming second string player towards the end of that season say, to think what he could be doing after six months or three months whatever it is um, as a starter at Chelsea is, is quite exciting yeah and he's a player who always seems to play at his best when he's got a point to prove and if he's made this move he will have a point to prove and say do you know what you you, you were wrong not to play me every week so yeah no, I think it'll be a good fit he'll be back in London it's, a, it's a, another strong English core at Chelsea they play decent attacking football now they've got um, Thomas Tuchel um, I think if, if he was going to go anywhere it, it makes sense that he's gone to Chelsea they're in the Champions League they probably could challenge for the, the title he might be the one to take them on to that sort of step to be a challenging towards the end of the season rather than just for half of it like they did last season um, I found it interesting that message that he put he said um, it's the ups, he focused on the ups and downs and the downs have made him stronger so he's one of those players who's really, you can tell he's he's really conscious about how he's perceived and what's happening on and off the pitch. And uh, sometimes you, 
you just want everything to be fine for him so he can just play football. And if he can find that balance at Chelsea, then I think they'll have a, a really good player. And I don't think you'll find any City players who would begrudge him success in the future. Absolutely. And as, as I said earlier in the in the show, I think it was the right time for all to leave, including for Jesus. But I have no doubt that he may, the, Sterling and Jesus both may come back to kind of bite him on the bum um, in a game in the forthcoming season. But I have a quick word, finally, Si, on Jesus. Now, he, he won't leave with quite the um, kind of reputation Sterling had, but I think um, in the, in the what, four years um, he's been at City, um, he's had quite a lot of great moments. He scored the goal, obviously, that got the 100-point season. Um, I believe he scored in the Madrid semi-final, I want to say. Um, had a great performance there. And, you know, off top of, me, off top of me, I actually have more iconic iconic Jesus moments um, at City, then I actually do Sterling, to, to be honest. Now, I, I've always kind of really rated Jesus. Now, I think he was kind of burdened from the start with this impossible expectation to replace Aguero. And I think that's always, especially the season when he had to, when he was, it was his time after Aguero's departure, he was never going to live up to that. Because I say it takes the best young striker in the world to be able to live up to that, I think. And, you know, even he may, even Haaland may not be able to do it. So, but I thought last season when he got moved to the right, I thought he really took to it well. Um, didn't he get something like six assists in four games early on in the campaign? And I always thought he delivered in the big games. I, 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 I'm, I, to be honest with you, I'm actually surprised he went more than, than Sterling. I thought there was a bit more in him, but if he wants to, as you said, he's got the ambitious ambitions to play it all the time, wants to be that central striker. He's obviously not going to be that at City now. And it's testament to his ambition that he's, he's seek to move away to, to Arsenal, who are even less likely to challenge for the big trophies than Chelsea are. Yeah, I mean, when when Jesus came, those first six months he was here were some, was probably one of the most exciting starts ever made by a City player. You know, he transformed the team overnight and, and had ousted Aguero from the team within about a month, which was just unheard of. Um, it was ridiculous. And you thought, can this last? And and it couldn't. Um, and he couldn't be the next Aguero. And I kind of think he leaves not really knowing what he is or what he wants to be. He, he's a big game player. He's turned up tremendously for City right till the end. Um, you know, including this season, Liverpool, Real Madrid, all those games um, when it mattered. Um, but yeah, I just kind of think with him, you know, you say he was moved to the right this season well he moved himself to the right he told Guardiola he wanted to play on the right and then by the end of the season he was saying oh no I want to be number nine um and he's gone to Arsenal and said of course I want to play number nine and it's like well probably shouldn't tell people you want to play out wide if you want to play in the middle but you know he wants to play in the middle when he's scoring goals but he wants to play out wide when he's not scoring goals so he doesn't have that pressure of scoring goals and I think you know he feels pressure more than most players he's a bit of a confidence player um, and when he's confident, he's, you know, unplayable, fantastic. When he's not at his best, um, that's where it can cost you. And that's where Guardiola kind of lost patience with him a few years ago because he said, I, you know, I need players who can turn up every game and I can put them in the team and I know how they're going to be. Um, and he has enough players that he can do that with in the squad that he doesn't need Jesus. Um, and, you know, it doesn't mean Jesus isn't, fondly remembered at City and he'll always have that Southampton goal um, and a few other performances. But I kind of think, you know, from from that really exciting teenager who 
took everyone by storm five or six years ago. He's not really turned into the player that they maybe expected him to. Yeah, absolutely. No arguments there. Joe, how do you think he'll do at Arsenal? He's going to be the main man there, um, so it seems. I think he'll have a lot of pressure on him to sort of prove that, a bit like Sterling, that he deserved to play all those games. I'm not sure he'll get the same sort of protection that he did at City, both from sort of the fans and the sort of the club if if he, if he does go through one of his his periods where he doesn't score lots of goals but I think equally he, he's been saying for so long play me play me even when I'm not doing well you know give me that confidence give me a run of games and when you have someone like Sergio Aguero in the team he was never going to get that at City and and afterwards there's so many attacking options it was it's not in City's interest to play a player who isn't doing well. It, it probably will be for Arsenal because he, he is going to be their main man. He's the big signing, a statement for them. Um, so I'd, it'll be interesting to see if what he's been saying all, all along is actually the best for him. Um, I really don't know. I really don't know how he's going to do it. I want him to do well. I think he's always put put the effort in. Um, I think... Like I said, he's a big game player. He, he will turn up in those sort of, especially those big six games. Say Arsenal get to a cup final, you'd back him to to do well in that. And I, but I, I I can honestly say I don't know how he's going to do. I've seen a lot of people. You mentioned fan, fantasy football before. A lot of people are putting him in the team, but I'm not sure I'd go that far just yet. Give give me a couple of weeks, and he's scored. Six I am one of them. I will do. But guilty, just I've gone for him. I do think at least at the start he may deliver, but yeah. only time will tell. Um. Uh, dear listeners, thank you very much for tuning back in with us. And um, once again, we are sorry it's been such um, a long wait, but we're back now and we're back for the season. We'll be back next week. Our good friend Joe here is off to America for City's pre-season tour. Um, we'll touch on those games against Club America, Bayern Munich, and then obviously the Community Shield against Liverpool back in England, that one, obviously. Um, next On next week's episode, we'll preview that and then we'll be um, doing episodes on the aftermath of the free friendlies before the Premier League season begins. So please stay tuned. Um, you can get this on all your uh, podcast platforms, your Spotify's, um, and I presume all the other ones. I don't want to guess in case it's not on one. You never know, dear. You never know. But of course, you can also watch us live on Facebook, as you've seen at my face in beautiful 4K, thanks to new webcam. See, we're going all expense out for this return. So we hope you enjoyed it and we hope you come back. Please give us a review and you know, don't tell us if you didn't enjoy it. I, I'm not bothered. Just tell me if you did. Just tell me if you did. And of course, you can get all the latest. If, there's, if there is any more City transfer news to come, you'll of course be able to get it all on manchestereveningnews.co.uk forward slash Manchester City. You can get us on Twitter at ManCityMEN. And of course, you can get us on Facebook at the Manchester Evening News Man City page. And once again, thank you for sticking around. Thank you for listening. And we will see you next week, I promise. But for now, it's a wrap.